Greetings, this is my other podcast listeners to episode number nine of the podcast. As you can tell, it is me, Sammy, a.k.a. Juan Yerbas, a.k.a. the handsome Danny Trejo doing the intro this week. And that's because we have a very special treat for you all for this week's episode. Maybe you won't think it's so special once you actually listen to it, but it was special to us. All right. And that's what counts. Damn it. So without further ado, oh wait, uh, before we do that, remember to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash desmadres to see how you can get an inside look at the studio and how you can support our efforts here at desmadre.com. That's patreon.com slash desmadre. Also remember to give a nice little review and commentary for our podcast. And most importantly, like and share with your friends and family. It goes a long way. We really appreciate all of the support so far. It's been really fun. So without further ado, Episode number nine, a conversation between two Latin titans, intellectual. All right, just, just start the damn thing. Holding for this airplane. All right, all right, fuck it. Fuck this airplane. Podcast number nine, Desmadre podcast number nine is starting. Thank you guys for joining us once again this week. We're going to a... Sound effects. A what? I'll be providing sound effects. Uh, Sammy's like. providing sound effects for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start doing a few episodes here and there where uh, it's just us two talking about random bullshit. Um, just because uh, we fucking feel like it, quite honestly. No other reason. Um, and this week, uh, we, we decided to start with some beers uh, because we're shy. Sorry, that was a, a beer break. Um, and, and it got me thinking about how, um, we've actually been working on this Madre for three years now. And initially when we started working on stuff, uh, for some reason we always thought we needed to be drinking. <laughs> it definitely helps when you're performing or you think it helps when you're you performing. You think it helps, yeah. I think. It, you also think it helps when you're writing. Yeah. But it doesn't yeah. really. Mm-hmm. I mean, not really. Maybe just... I mean, yeah, you always think about the people, you, you know, you hear about like Ernest Hemingway or Hunter S. Thompson being fucking yeah. just abusers of substances. But those guys just were like outputting so much that like they picked all of the good shit, I guess you could say, from all the fucking incoherent. Yeah, they, that's like, the, the quote was like, write, drunk, edit, sober. Yeah, yeah. That uh, makes sense. You have to have that... Uh, I do. I do have the, the I, will to. I do, to edit after. To, yeah, you do have to edit after, and I have definitely spent a lot of time writing, drunk or definitely buzzed. Yeah. Um. But you do hit a point where you're like your third whiskey in, and it's just fucking nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. And I've definitely looked at drafts <laughs> where I've written drunk. You just like start talking about like your like dad or something, your mom. <laughs> it, it just doesn't make sense. Like yeah. I remember on Americano, I wrote a scene where they started hallucinating about like aliens or something, and I was yeah. like, this doesn't make any fucking yeah. sense. And but when you're writing, you're like, oh my god, this is fucking gold. Yeah. <laughs> so we take a step back real quick, and uh, this is a time to maybe show the viewers a little bit about ourselves. Because um, I don't think they know yeah, um, uh, some of the stuff that uh, we've done previously leading up to Desmadre. So maybe we can talk about Americano briefly, uh, what that is. Um, yeah, Americano is a feature. It's a feature length screenplay that I wrote. 2010? Like 2011 11, yeah. is when it went through the Sundance Producing Labs uh, with Amy, Amy Lowe, uh, my producer on that project. 
Um, but it never got made. It's still uh, just on paper or on a PDF file or whatever. Yeah. Um, but basically, it was a screenplay about this uh, undocumented Mexican guy who's kind of a drifter, and he ends up in Fort Worth. Um, and he's he's younger. He's like in his late twenties, and he falls kind of in love with this older white woman. And so it's dubious as to whether he really loves her or maybe he's just using her for documents or. He yeah. really does like her. Yeah. Um, but in essence, like, it was supposed to be, like, a screenplay about kind of an unapologetic, undocumented dude. So yeah. somebody who's a little bit kind of angry, who doesn't really have yeah. a home, and who's kind of a jerk. But, um, yeah, we never uh, were able to raise the money for it. We never made it. Um, Which but, is, I think, a marker in terms of Desmadre, I, th- I think, that project in particular. Because it was, uh, I mean, from my understanding, that experience in uh, kind of pushed us to do or pushed you to not go down, continue down the quote unquote, like, yeah, independent Bay Area film. Yeah, yeah. No, I I mean, even at the time when we started this Madre, we were still trying to look for money for Americano and people were just like, all right, you're pretty much tabling this. And in my head, I was like, no, not really. I think Desmadre might make this more possible because it'll, you know, give us a, an audience and whatever. But I'm not totally sure I still believe that. Uh, so it definitely was in many ways tabling it. Um, you just got to find the proper funds at the end of the day. Yeah, you just it, have to find the money at that for that project or find people willing to do it just because they don't give a fuck and they want to put the time yeah. into doing it. Yep. Um, I mean, we went all the way to the point where, like, we cast people in it, like... I mean, we we did a full-on casting search for it. We found the lead actor, um, who's an amazing actor, who's do, who is still doing a lot of TV. We a lot of male actors really wanted to play the lead role. Yep. Um, and I still think it could be a dope movie, but it's not. You know, it's not your. It's not a comedy, and it's also not like. It's it is kind of an indie flick. It's an independent yeah, like yeah. film tonally. Yep. And so the challenge from a market standpoint is is always going to be there. Um, but yeah, I spent like five years working on that project basically, um, and it fucking went nowhere. A lot of drafts, put a lot of time into uh, the screenplay, and if anybody has a hundred thousand dollars, we <laughs> happily make it. <laughs> Barely with a hundred thousand dollars, but we could. Yep. Um, but yeah, so then we started this Madre, I guess, three years ago, which is already 2013. Yep. 2013. Um, and yeah, the funny thing, we just drank a lot when we were doing that. We were working out of JP's house initially, and so we would always go to 7-Eleven and buy like 40s. Yep. It was a very unhealthy time. And then when you started performing and stuff, that's when like we yeah. would always, oh, I got to take a drink, which makes sense. Um, now we're probably just drinking because... We feel like it'll make us loose for this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, yeah, so we're going to be doing more podcasts with just us two talking about what we're up to and, and whatnot. And, and right now, like, we've been working on El Mundo for almost a year now. How many episodes have we done? It's over 40, like maybe more than 50, I think. No, that doesn't make sense. There's probably 45. Yeah. About 45. Because, yeah. yeah, we've done it 11 months and there's four weeks, basically. Yep. So uh, close to probably 43 because mm-hmm. we probably missed one or two here yep. and there. But and for those maybe who don't know what El Mundo is, it's a possibility. That's our show here at Desmadre.com. 
that we've been uh, working on. Yeah, that we uh, do every week. It's a weekly news roundup. And yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, if, if you don't know what it is, it's kind of like Saturday Night Live weekend update yeah. meets Daily Show. Maybe we can insert a clip right now briefly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <But> uh, <laughs> that's the clip. And it's Sammy being the host, yeah. being the John Stewart, if you will, yeah. in Spanish. And but it's a lot more vulgar than most of yeah. the other shows. <laughs> um, and it's been going pretty well, but it hasn't exactly broken. Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird because we feel like a lot of people dig it, but they're afraid to share it or they're unwilling to share it on their social media because it is rather vulgar. Yeah. And so, I mean, I've gotten that feedback from people directly. We're like, man, uh, that's my guilty pleasure. Like, yeah. I can't share that shit. I don't understand <coughs> that because like people share South Park stuff, although probably not the, the people who are afraid to share this also wouldn't share South Park. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, the people who do end up sharing it, um, I feel like on a superficial level, yeah, you can tell they don't really give a fuck yeah, about their... Yeah, they don't give a fuck, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can go through their feeds and look at the other shit they share. And like, like their cover photos are, and like, you know, like, just really raunchy ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dicks or, yeah. like, dicks or weed. Yeah, they um, don't give a... So, that's cool. I think that's um, it's interesting, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's... It's almost like, yeah, we're still trying to find, or I am at least trying to find the voice for that still, even though we're 40 episodes in. I think we've gotten better at the workflow. Like, yeah. Right. It's gotten mm-hmm. a little more efficient. Um, I think more like the question is like more like tonally mm-hmm. it's still, or not stylistically, it's more like the approach to it. So the balance is, the, the challenge has always been like more Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Or more Daily Show. Yeah. And some people really like, one and some people really like the other and i think we've been trying to find a balance between both of those because there is an interest in talking about issues but there's definitely an interest in just fucking fucking around and kind of being more Chappelle show-ish and doing the skits yep and i think like doing the one man basically one man skits where sammy plays two characters has been a really cool way yeah to do that and also for you to like flex your like comedic and acting chops and whatnot also the writing of those is really fun yep um, so I think that's a really nice way, but I'm curious, like if you're listening to this and you're, if you're a fan of El Mundo or if you've watched it before, please leave a comment and tell us, you know, what you like about it. Even if a simple thing, like, do you like the skits or do you like it when we do like the more social justice rants or you just want to laugh, you don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, the other thing with, with regards to that is if you are a fan, please share it. <laughs> Don't be ashamed of us. <laughs> Don't be ashamed of your your taste in comedy. Please share this shit. Nobody gives a fuck, really. Uh, you know, Donald Trump is president. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, <laughs> but yeah, we're we, we're I think we're getting our head around it a little better with El Mundo. Um, I think we're also trying to figure out this this yeah. podcast, yep. and we've gotten good feedback where people will be like, "Oh yeah, it's really a nice contrast." Uh, it's the other side of the coin to El Mundo because El Mundo is so wacky. Yeah. Like the podcast can be a little more serious and a little deeper or whatever. Um, so that's been kind of nice. But we also want to make sure it's entertaining in some way. Um, so your feedback on the podcast would be appreciated. Yep. Um, but yeah, we'll probably do more of these, which we need, we'll need to work on and kind of find the right yep. bullshit chemistry. But um, I, I think like talking about like 
random kind of personal shit on the podcast would be fun mm-hmm. and like I mean, yeah, that's ultimately what they are almost, you know. Just kind well, of, some of them aren't because they, like, pick a topic, right? Right. Like, this week we're going to talk about, mm. you know, the lack of diversity in media. Yeah. <laughs> Airbnb is racist right. or something. <laughs> oh, my God, this one time I stayed in Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, so shit like that. And I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not quite sure I want to do that because yeah. it just feels really, uh, um, like, we were talking about the SUP broadcast, the Selena Sundergaard yeah. podcast. Like, those guys are... You know, their interviews are good, but I actually have listened to now, like, three of their episodes where it's just... Uh, Them chilling. Yeah, so it's Osvaldo and... Uh, what's his name? Uh, I forget the other guy's name. Cujo. Cujo, yeah. Oz and Cujo just sitting around bullshitting. It <laughs> sounds like already, like, a... Beavis and Butthead. Sim shit out of a movie or something. Or Oz and Cujo. Yeah. Are you listening, fuckers? <laughs> <laughs> but I like their episodes because they're really chill and they're yeah. just talking about random shit. Yeah. Um... All right, so we'll have to edit out all that bullshit we were just talking about then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> edit out that top level. Yeah. Um, that, um, here's one thing I want to talk about. Have you been working out? Wait, was the next topic not? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have not. No, not at all. I've been meaning to get into running uh, a little more. I just want to start again, but it just... Yeah, you used to I be started, running a lot. Yeah. I started... Um, every like month, I'll like go for like a random run, and then it just never really um, goes anymore from that. But Yeah, you know, I started working out in the summer, and the reason I started working out was because literally one day after I had been working on this engineering project for like a few days uh-huh. and then I came to the office and like we were rushed and working on something mm-hmm. and inevitably I also get really stressed out like at the beginning of every month with regards to like paying our bills yeah. and shit like that. Anyway, yeah. I felt really awful one day as I was driving home. Like I literally just felt and not like sick, like I have a cold. I just felt like like really tense and like I went to Ralph's to buy some groceries or something and I saw the blood pressure like you know the yeah the, the blood yeah. pressure machine at the yeah. grocery store so like like an old man like I fucking checked my blood pressure my blood pressure was like high shit and I was like what the fuck and it had been high once before when I went to the doctor a while back when I wasn't feeling well yeah but um I was like man this is not good and and I felt like what is that attributed to usually or well, having. weight, <laughs> diet, yep. and stress, yep. I think probably the top three. I mean, yeah. and all three of those things were awful like yeah, for yeah. me. Uh, I mean, I'm not a big guy. I'm only 5'8". Yeah. But I was like, I've been pushing like 200 pounds for like three years. Yep. Like literally between 195 and like 200. I'm just like around there. But over the last year, I'd been around 200. And I think one day I was like 202 or something. I was Damn. like, man, this is not good. Um, and, uh, and I just felt bad. I just felt like shit. And I was just like, if I'm going to keep doing all this stuff, like I'm going I'm to keep working this much and like yeah. stressing myself, yeah. then I have to get myself in better shape so that I can handle it and Definitely, not, yeah. ha- not have a fucking heart attack when yep. I'm 40. Yep. Um, yeah, I got plenty of excuses, but, um, <laughs> I just, I haven't, um, I think it's funny because um, uh, Claudia, my girlfriend, recently we started living together like three months ago, and uh, luckily she doesn't give a shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, you know what's funny is like th- this is weird, but I feel like millennials don't give a shit as much. Yeah, no, no, no I don't know um, about like uh, about the, like your like 
like how you look and like, yeah. like <laughs> no, honestly like and i don't know if that's just like because and maybe it's more like kind of artsy people who don't give a shit because yeah. i'm seeing because i'm seeing more of that crap right now, now. i'm fucking on the motherfucking andrew luck like, tip. Uh, what's the what's the al pacino movie the serpico yeah serpico yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah no, I feel like like and it's not just like your like how you look physically or like literally mm. your body, but mm. also like clothes and like material stuff. Yeah. Like cuz I think like when when I was like in my 20s, like a lot of people wanted to like look fly or you know, they they cared about material yeah. stuff more. Yeah. That definitely still exists, you know, like the whole hype beasts and like yeah. complex people um Yeah. There's that definitely still exists, but I think um Generally, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I guess a, a more extreme reference would be like uh, even further back in like the '50s, where you know, or before when people were all dressing in suits. Yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know how would I would explain it. Maybe just like a, a we're at the millennials, especially in America, or you know, like this unfortunate like product of evolution <laughs> apathy evolution towards apathy like why are you gonna dress up motherfucker Donald Trump is president <laughs> <laughs> no but it's weird like I had thought about that and like they're just much more like not concerned about that stuff and I mean it in a good way yeah but it also is a double-edged sword with regards to like yeah, you health. can really, yeah, for you know? sure. Because cause it, it really, like, you know, like, people are really like, <laughs> Is this motherfucking intervention right here? Yeah. <laughs> it's like one extended No, I mean, I, I mean I'm, I, I'm very much guilty of it myself, you know. I, mm-hmm. I've basically swung up and down in weight my whole, like, adulthood. Like, I've yeah. been really fit at times. Yeah. Where I've weighed, like, you know, 165 and I'm running, like, half marathons and shit. And then yep. I start working on, like, a project and I just go to complete shit. Yep. And I gain, like, clearly I've... I think 10 years ago I was weighing like 170. Damn. And so literally 30 pounds. And I hadn't, I work out every now and then. I ride my, I'm also into cycling a lot. So mm. I have road bike and a mountain bike and I ride a lot. And that, when I get into that and I'm riding consistently, I definitely drop pounds. But I yeah. hadn't lifted weights or done anything in a long time. So my muscle tone was off. That's, that's what bothers me when I, like, <laughs> when I look yeah. at myself, I'm like, man, I got no tone. Yep. I can't even, I'm like, if this house was on fire and Larissa, my wife, was, like, knocked out, I couldn't even <laughs> carry her out the door. And she's small. Yep, that's funny. Um, I'm like, I have to be physically in shape enough to survive, like, at least, like, a simple disaster. Like, yeah, let's not yeah. talk about the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Just, like, a simple, yeah, yeah. like, thing. Like, and I can't that even could do that. could actually happen, yeah. <laughs> like, I couldn't kick it, you know. So, uh, that's why I started the weightlifting thing. Because yeah. for a while, I was like, I haven't been... I don't want to get big. That's the stupidest fucking excuse yeah. you could ever give yourself, yeah, by yeah. the way. And I've given myself <laughs> that excuse. I don't want to get big, dude. I don't want to lift. Yeah, like, yeah. That's so fucking stupid. <laughs> you're not... Like, if your worry is you're going to get big, uh-huh. like, you just... <clears throat> you're already big, motherfucker. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're just big the wrong way. Um, but I definitely, like... So over the last four months... I've, I'm I'm down 15 pounds, hmm. which is and I feel like a lot better. Not totally great, but I was telling Larissa that one thing that it's done is that it's kind of a instead of making me feel like I feel better and uh-huh. I can do more work. Mm-hmm. Actually, the the process of working out the, the the idea was that working out would get me in better shape so I could work more and wouldn't yep. be stressed as much. 
But what it's actually kind of making me realize is that I need more time, more leisure time. Uh-huh. And it's make, as opposed to like, I feel better. Yeah. And like, I want to go out and do more stuff, not work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, wait, this feels good. Yeah. And it's, and I feel healthy and it's probably yep. better that I try to balance more as opposed to like. For sure. Yeah. You work more. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's been one of the, our other problems, not problems, but the challenges yep. of when you do like a startup is like, we're working like nonstop. Yep. Do you feel like you've burnt out any or? No, I mean, I think if anything, um, especially with the election, honestly, that might seem kind of corny or whatever, but it's, corny it, as it, <laughs> but it's definitely, um, you feel like re-energized. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Like or just more like, purpose. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially for our community and other communities at large is pretty crazy. You know, I think people are still trying to, um, process and it's always like overwhelming too you know you like every day there's like new headlines about this or that and dude and tell it's me getting, about it yeah it's like uh and i think unfortunately that kind of works to his benefit you know to kind of like really we're like becoming like, numb to it yeah and then he, the he kind of benefits from that sort of like chaos you know that mm-hmm. so yeah i mean anyways the, the uh, after that for sure it was just like oh shit you know like it's I think I was definitely part of the, the, the crowd or the kind of thinking of like that there were like these small steps towards like, um, I don't know, like a, a true democracy or whatever that might mean. And when this should happen, yeah, you know, it was like <laughs> I knew the kind of people that I guess, especially um, growing up in, in Texas, the kind of people that I feel a lot of people that aren't from the South might not ever like really understand, understand in yeah. any any other way other than like the media or whatever but um yeah all that to say you know like it's it's just i think important for us as a i think a community to really come together and um i, I don't know what the exact uh, answer is or what i'm trying to say here exactly but i think that it sounds like you're somewhat re-energized yeah or there's more of a cause yeah more of a purpose for what we're doing which is also kind of fucked up too because um I so mean, if hillary would have won you exactly. just would have won like quit like yeah pretty much <laughs> probably yeah you know i don't know it was just like a just a, a band-aid uh, over like this sore that is very um <laughs> yeah no i mean in some ways it certainly is like a wake-up call for a lot of stuff um but yeah i th- i think people you know it's rec- cool it's cool to see the the other people in this community quote unquote um, how they're reacting stuff you know and seeing that like they, who or what like you Yosimar, like oh. the luis angel yeah. and uh, go, uh, talking to those guys you know yeah. they're those are people that are actually going to be like immediately affected you know yeah. like we may encounter this or that but they people are in the undocumented community exactly yeah they're, about, yeah and yosimara is just like so fucking hilarious and like uh, yeah. it's really cool to see him being so proud and and like uh um, like about his like i don't know like his culture or his like his himself himself yeah, exactly. yeah. and so yeah. he, he's, and unabashedly, he's unabashedly yeah yeah so he's he, literally like comedically dick slapping yeah. <laughs> that's what he's doing he yeah. does not give a fuck so um, yeah, I always wonder about that guy, man. Like, I wonder if like he's like um, I hope he's on he, a list. Yeah, <laughs> he's on a list. I <laughs> guarantee you, he's on some list. But um, this shit's gonna get not good if yeah. they try to do anything to him. But you know, I, you know, it's funny because you would think that. I, I mean, I would think that 
people that are undocumented, I'm sure that, that they would be feel more threatened, which they have, which they are <laughs> essentially. But and so to see them like and also talking to Luis Angel, who um, Jesus interviewed for number five podcast number five. He's an attorney here in uh, the Bay Area. He lives in Oakland. Shout out to him. And he's already been he's been part of the movement. You know, he is kind of literally like the movement or at least for um, for this uh, group of people and him and um, and uh, Lisbeth. Beth. Yeah. To see them, um, to see people like that kind yeah. of like being very like uh, level-headed about shit like this, whereas you know on the headlines or you you see other people they're well, like the t- traditional liberals are like ah! yeah yeah <laughs> they're like freaking out yeah. and these guys are like motherfuckers and then, been then going a quote on. a quote from Lisbeth from that podcast was like yeah uh, the Democratic Party hasn't been our friends for a long time yeah you know and, and yeah. But anyways, yeah. So not to get go down that fucking rabbit hole. Well, what do you what do you but, think with regards to us? Like, you know, one question I got was like, you know, like for a while we were trying to, uh, you know, definitely push this as like a media company and trying to raise yeah. money and trying to make it like something a lot bigger than us. Yeah. Um, at this point, like we weren't able to raise that chunk of money. Yep. And so it is more about us. Um, but it also has taken a little bit of a turn where it is a little more uh, social justice if you will. Yeah. Just, even though Mundo's like, you know, ball jokes and yeah. testicles and whatever. But Yeah, I think the... I mean, I think it's cool that... Uh, yeah, I mean, my choice of, of, of weapon would definitely be like, I guess, comedy or, yeah. or um, satire. Yeah. Because you can... Um, even though there's like you have to find the balance between you know like ex- exploiting the moment or whatever yeah. um you know finding the balance between that and actually you know providing some like solid satire or comedy yeah uh, that's something that's brought into the conversation but i think uh, there's been a few of the mundos i think that that have done that like i think the the obama one was pretty tight the which one the, the after the uh, daca got um uh shot down in the by the supreme court oh right 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 locked or whatever yeah and it was yeah it was a funny bit because it was true you know or what did we say it was like uh it was really vulgar it was like that uh obama basically started to give Oh, undocumented people. the rim job yeah he started jerking he started jerking off undocumented people and then he just walked off yeah so that's a interesting way i suppose to going about it but um <laughs> well yeah that was, mean, and that was before we knew that that trump that was way before that yeah. was like in i think may or something right but right, anyways right. yeah you know i think there is uh if anything i guess to answer your question or to think about it more is um how do you position yourself how do you stay seemingly on brand and also provide something that's meaningful to the movement you know like if well i think it's for me it's not some at this point anyway not so much about being on brand it's more like how do we continue to make shit that we are creatively fulfilled by yeah yeah and that and that maybe adds more to the conversation in a way than just fucking you know stupid memes and so the question is how do we continue to like do stuff like that we want to do but also I don't know if we'll fill some other mission if that's what we want to yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, at this end... <laughs> some more beers. Yeah, I'm going to take a piss, actually, real quick. Piss beer break. <laughs>
I think we were talking about how to basically with continuing to make the stuff we want to make versus fulfilling or trying to kind of dovetail that with some other cause or bigger yeah. picture. Yep. Um, I don't know. I think for me, it's always kind of been one and the same in many ways. Like if you look at the the shorts I did, like there was always some element of that, you know, yeah. with, with yep, yep. anything I was working on. So it's never quite uh, a challenge just because that's where I always gravitate. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to do just comedy typically. Or right, whatever. right. Um, I think now what's confusing, um, I'm not sure exactly how to approach is... Um, is um, just not giving undue exposure to the people that shouldn't be getting it, and I think I think the answer might be to just make sure that you're doing like good work or that you're, it's intelligent in some fashion. Because yeah, if uh, um, I know you know part of the you one could argue that part of the the bigger problem of kind of media discourse today is that you know that. Um, the world stars and all the meme pages of of the of that exist are, you know, in part like responsible for this uh, shit. This kind of like really gross, like glorification of like celebritydom, or um, you know. So it's yeah, but I, I think like like uh, like Nate said when we had that conversation mm-hmm. with him, like that's always really kind of been there in some form or another. Oh, it's exaggerated in the internet age, though. It's, of uh, course, it's always happened, but I yeah. mean, like, it's... I don't know, though. I think people... And it's, and but it's, pe- people have people, always liked that sort of shit. But people who are much younger are now, like, exposed to it because they, they have the means to it, you know? And if... There's no way of stopping it at this point. I agree with that. Yeah. But it's it's just, like, you. how do you kind of make a make any sort of... Uh, um, of uh, an impression, you know, when, when all of this, like... Yeah, shit is like really like exaggerated and. Uh, yeah, that's always something flagrant. Yeah, uh, that's always in terms of like the smadre and the online content that we do. Like that's always been like a, not a tightrope, but a decision we have to make of whether to just make like really retarded shit and right. go down that kind of BuzzFeed slash being Latino whatever path, which is fine. It's a business model, but again, it's just not really what we want to do and i think people re- recognize that yeah um and it and i and when i say that I it's not like that's easy either i'm not trying to discredit what they're doing because it's not yeah it's a lot of work um i do think creatively it is easier <laughs> than some of the stuff we're trying to do but yep. it's still a lot of work and it's still challenging in its own ways um but yeah i don't know i i feel like uh at the end of the day like right now anyway we just have to be like okay like we want to be working on this and the voice will come out which is what we've mm. always kind of fallen back to is like don't try to push any one thing or another yeah yeah just be ourselves which i think is a a good segue if you will for something we wanted to talk about was like tv yeah, yeah other stuff that we like right now yep. and that like what tv shows we're watching and what like shit that we really like and we, we, the one that i just finished that you've watched a while back was the night of the night of that was good which is this uh dramatic miniseries that was on hbo it, that, it's called limited series what does that just mean that um i don't know exactly what that means i mean it's kind of like a uh a miniseries the traditional miniseries which look was up the info real quick just to 
I don't know. I mean, it's basically an eight-episode show that could be done that has a beginning and an end. Yeah. But this thing was so popular, I think, that they're going to have to keep it going. Is it really? I didn't... um... I'm, my guess is they're gonna they're gonna do another season because uh-huh. it, it was just that good, um, but it was a miniseries. A miniseries is basically usually an eight. I don't know how many parts, but it's a it's a one season sort of show. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the synopsis is present day uh, Pakistani kid in uh, New, New York, York City. Yeah, gets um, he gets arrested. He he basically goes out partying with this girl. Gets really high on drugs with her. Has sex. Wakes up and she's fucking dead. Yep, that's and he, it. Yep. And he can't remember what the fuck happened. Yep. And then he he flees because he's scared and he grabs a knife. There was a knife in the scene, uh, and he takes it with him. And then mm-hmm. he gets caught uh, just because he like takes a wrong turn on the street. They find the knife on him. And so he has to go to trial. So he goes to prison, loses mm-hmm. his innocence yep. while he's going through the trial, and uh, that's basically it. There's it's nothing complicated dramatically. Yep. it is just like a traditional kind of crime drama. Yep, but it's so fucking well done. Yeah, it really is. It's like well act like Turturro is like fucking amazing. Yeah, it's damn. I wish I had seen it a little uh, more recently, but but I really yeah I really like the the. Um, John Turturro's character, especially, yeah. he's uh, really good. If anybody watches one, that, yeah, he's one thing interesting. He's so good, you know, it's like, damn. <laughs> yeah, he he has like really great range. He's yeah. like superhuman. Yeah, but he's funny and he's like self-deprecating. He's kind of like a dirt bag in yeah, some ways. He's like, kind of yeah. a dirt bag. He's just like a lovable dirt bag. Yeah. He basically, John Turturro plays his attorney yeah. or one of the attorneys. Mm-hmm. And he's basically kind of like a, a an attorney for low lives. Yep. He's the kind of guy that gets off like criminals on petty stuff. But he basically yep. he you always please. Yeah. So he just he represents them, gets them a fewer years than they yep. would have with the public defender, and makes two hundred fifty dollars. Definitely uh, recommend that. Yeah, it's a it's a great show. What, one thing about that show that I thought was really cool was that it it actually is kind of really unabashedly sentimental. Like I don't you, you haven't seen it in a while, but it it like really like uses all the tricks to get you to like feel like you know literally to feel like to feel sorry for someone or yeah. to feel like you know to put you in their shoes and that's like either the cinematography or the music or whatever but yeah. it is it does not it, it does not hold back yeah but it does it in a way that's still kind of classy mm-hmm. like it's not it's not like cheesy i'm trying to think of a specific scene or what um well, like, for example, because I just watched this. I literally just watched it this week. Mm-hmm. Um, at the very end of, uh, and this is a spoiler. If you haven't seen this and you want to watch it, skip ahead one minute. Because <laughs> I'm going to spoil this for you. But yep. basically, he um, he ends up getting off. There's a mistrial because it's a hung jury. Mm-hmm. And so um, at the end, he is released and he goes back to his community and he goes back to a place by the river, yeah. by the Brooklyn Bridge, where, that, where he had where, met the girl, yep. basically. And they had had a drink together and popped some ecstasy. <laughs> and, and they had, they, there was, so there was a scene in the first episode when he met the girl. They drank and they had some ex sitting by the river. And they looked at each other. And there was this really kind of tender moment, like, because they're both like flawed characters. And it was really just visuals. Yeah. But they looked at each other. And that was at the beginning of the episode uh, of episode one, and then in episode eight, at the very end, he goes back to this place mm-hmm. after he's been released, and because he's been in prison, he actually got addicted to heroin when he was in prison. Right. And he, when he goes back to this place at at the very last episode, 
he sits there at the same place and he, he takes some heroin and he looks to his right and then they replay the scene from the first episode yep. and the girl looks back at him and they've got this you know really emotional yeah. music playing mm-hmm. <laughs> and in many instances this could have been like really cheesy and mm-hmm. really bad mm-hmm. but it was so well done like you wanted to cry hmm. like it was really good i was like god damn because this poor guy yep. like because of this experience now he's like addicted to heroin yep and he probably didn't do this yep. it's unclear honestly but yeah it is it is yeah but he probably didn't do it but anyway yeah, it's That's a good show. It's yeah. really fucking good. Uh, what other shit have you seen recently? That uh, the most recent thing I watched was the uh, Insecure. I watched the. I just finished the. Which one is that one? Oh, uh, this array. The, this array. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's good. I I, I really enjoyed it. Um, the point of the show is that uh, it's kind of like Issa Rae going into or the character of Issa going into her thirties, and she has like a um, she works like at a nonprofit. And her um, her her boyfriend is like trying to at the beginning of the season is looking for a job, and her and didn't her, he like do a startup or something? Yeah, he's or trying he to do like a startup. An app. Has yeah. an app, but he does He's at the beginning of the season. He's unemployed, and then her circle of friends are also kind of like up and coming. You know, her her best friend is like an attorney. She just became an attorney. So, um, if anything, it's just cool to see kind of like this window of like people of color like that you may not see elsewhere. Like on the come up of like being like uh, going into their thirties of yeah. going into their. It seems like it's very relatable to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's about somebody who's kind of got artistic leanings. Yeah, who works but, with the community. Yeah, and her friends are attorneys and do yeah. really well, and she's struggling yeah. with yeah, yeah. But it it was it's yeah. just fun to watch. Yeah. I think um, I don't know. Um, I guess I didn't I didn't I didn't really follow Issa Rae until um, recently. Yeah. So it's definitely cool to see that. That and uh, Atlanta, you know. Did you finish watching it? I haven't finished watching it, yeah. but. I liked Atlanta a lot more. I haven't seen all of Insecure yet. Mm-hmm. I've probably only seen like two or three episodes. I thought it was well done, but I, I felt like it just, it felt kind of cookie cutter. I don't know. Like it, it felt like, like I told you when we talked about this a week ago or something that I like, I, I'm a big fan of girls. Even though, like, I'm not from this background at all. Yeah. These, like, Jewish princesses running around yeah. New York City or whatever. Um, but I thought, I think Girls is an amazing show. I'm looking forward to the last season. Um, and I think Elena Dunham is extremely, like, not give a fuck. Like, she does not give a shit about, like, her performances in a good way. She's super loose. Yeah. And I feel like in some ways, like, Issa is still kind of controlling herself. Her performance hmm. i don't know i feel like it's like she's acting when yeah. i like watch lena dumb and i don't i don't think lena's acting like yeah. it just feels like she's out of control in right, a good right. way um and i would probably say the same thing comparing it to uh atlanta i like atlanta more than insecure mm. i'm not sure if i like atlanta more than girls at this point although the first season i thought was dope as fuck but yeah. i feel like atlanta they're definitely acting more I don't yeah, know. This yeah. is, you know. The only thing uh, I would say about Atlanta is, like, uh, where it totes the line be- between, like, being weird for the sake of being weird and just being weird to, um, yeah. I guess, somehow, I guess that's the style of the show. In service of the yeah. narrative or. In service yeah. of the narrative, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Or just yeah. for the sake of being weird. And I, I will say that 
that obviously the cinematography is super tight. It's by what's like a hero. Hero, yeah. The guy he does. Um, he's done a the few music, music videos, videos for yeah. uh, Donald Glover, and he's really tight. So visually, I think it's super super tight. And when I watched, I was like, even like the the uh, intro sequence is really cool. To, to every uh, intro sequence is mm, different. Yeah, it's really cool. Exactly. Yeah, it's like a that. little music video basically. Yeah. Of, and it's always, I, I believe, a different Atlanta hip hop artist that's okay. that's featured. Yeah, but they always layer the word Atlanta over something yeah, interesting, yeah. Uh, composed really cool on the screen, which but, is dope. I like that the one episode that I don't know if you've even seen it yet. The one where they do the commercial for the cereal. No, I haven't. I mean, that's that's like the last one. Yeah, yeah. You, I, I think you got to finish watching yeah. the season because it yeah. is like so dope. And yeah. and in many ways, like Atlanta goes into this realm of the surreal. And it, it's kind of like this Buñuel-esque yep. like approach to a TV show, which mm. I don't think anybody has ever done. Certainly not any show with featuring people of color. Yeah. But, I mean, they go out into the realm of the surreal in a way that I think still fits with the voice of the show. And I don't feel like it's in, it, it's a disservice or it takes me out of it. If anything, like I want to watch it again. I yeah. want to watch the whole season again. In fact, we should just sit down and watch it. Like yeah. I'll binge that one again. It's okay, so Insecure. Insecure, Atlanta. Atlanta. Uh, um, Westworld, have you been watching that? No, I haven't seen that. It's pretty dope. It's really dope. Um, it is somewhat flat tonally. Like, it's all serious, mm-hmm. which I generally tend to take. I take that. I, I like shows that can be really serious and really funny at the same time. Yeah. Because that's really fucking hard to do. But that's what I, I would, would love to be able to do as a filmmaker. So yeah. I think Girls does that. I think actually Atlanta does that really well. Um, Westworld is really like... Pretty it, serious. Yeah, yeah, it's a serious drama. And it's about, you know, yeah. artificial intelligence, um, you know, robots and stuff like that. But it's super well done and hmm. it's fun to watch. It's creepy as fuck. Um I heard that for that season, eight episodes, the last season is, is tomorrow, actually, or mm. the last episode is tomorrow, hmm. $100 million. Holy shit. Holy shit. $100 million. For the last episode? No, 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 for, for the season. Oh, okay, okay. But they spent $100 million for eight episodes, which, you know, a lot of feature films cost $100 million, Yeah. but it's pretty, like, you know ambitious and pretty risky to do that on the first season <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know um if i have the incentive to watch that show right now for whatever reason i don't know it's, i don't know really it's anything trippy. about it it's basically like there's this and it's based on a michael crichton novel mm-hmm. you know who's like awesome sci-fi yeah. he's the guy who wrote jurassic park right, andromeda right. strain mm-hmm. all these movies all these books uh but basically in the future there's a place called Westworld and it's basically like a playground for adults so if you're really rich you can go to Westworld and interact with all these robots who are living in a western town in the 1800s what the fuck and you can basically like fuck whores you can shoot the bad guys or you can try to be a bad guy Mm -hmm. and shoot the sheriff and just you basically take a vacation there but it's for the uber rich and so you go there and there and everyone else all the the androids are basically playing out scenarios hmm. that are written by the staff ah, i see and there's this huge western land and you know that's pretty cool yeah and and basically what starts to happen is that the robots are starting to get smart 
and they're starting to remember like previous scenarios because it I, they haven't explained it exactly clearly but it seems like there's kind of like you know like uh periods if you will like yeah. a two-week period where you can go <laughs> and they play out a scenario mm-hmm. and after like if one of the androids gets killed like they take it back to like the headquarters or whatever yeah and they like fix it mechanically mm-hmm. and just reboot its memory and mm-hmm. put it back out there mm-hmm. so what starts to happen is that they start remembering previous oh shit like yeah. scenarios mm-hmm. and they're like what the fuck is going on yep so they one of them becomes really smart and is basically starting just at the end of the season starting to try to figure out how to get out i see and then there's people who are active like rich people who are paying to be there who who are going through their own shit of going through the scenarios and like falling in love with androids Hmm. and like there's people who are bad and just want to kill a bunch of fucking androids because that's how they get off right or there's people who are just fucking all the androids that's crazy yeah um and then there's the the puppet master played by anthony hopkins and he's basically the one who controls the stories and it's fucking what the fuck (laughs) it's trippy dude it's trippy as fuck it's it's worth watching it is definitely worth watching um but that's Oh man, and it's uh, uh, Christopher Nolan's brother. I see. Who's the one of the main writers and creators? Cool. Um, but that's really dope. I forgot to mention, uh, uh, Childish Gambino just put out an album, and I was listening to it. It's it's, it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's like kind of trying to be like James Brownish. Yeah, right? yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Like yeah. I like, I like. Uh, you're Donald just Robert. hating, dude. You're I, I'm hating, hating but it's you're just hating. like is he like uh, just like a like a chameleon type, you know where. He's like, uh, I think I, I see what you're saying. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I think in general, like, uh, the more like I've learned about like artists and their work and whatever, I'm trying not to, as much as I like get tempted and read about their personal approach to stuff, mm-hmm. I try to just let the work stand on its own and not think about the person you know just be like that's a really dope album or that's a really dope that's what i was saying like for the i was listening to it and a few of the songs was like damn it sounds tight as fuck honestly like it sounds like a good oh so you liked it i did okay okay uh, i thought you were gonna well that's what i'm saying no it's like i'm hating (laughs) that i actually like it (laughs) because it's like uh, he's talented yeah he just sounds he's like a really good seemingly like a curator or i think Maybe like the same sort of criticism can be uh, that people give to Drake, to people like Drake, who yeah, yeah, who is in, um, who's I think known for like assembling like a really dope team of you know whether it's writers and producers, producers yeah, and that and that's what I'm saying. Like I think that is cool. Like there, I think the people who are able to do that, like really are. Um, uh, there's a certain like talent to constructing that and uh, that doesn't take away from i think their work in any way yeah but then um well yeah i mean if anybody could do that they would do it yeah exactly (laughs) it's not easy yeah (laughs) it's like a it's a taste level yep and And the same thing like i think more kind of like a exaggerated example is like beyonce and then Mm -hmm. how she um yeah, all these people are, they have really good taste, they're really good editors, and yeah. they know how to delegate. Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah. when you want to make a lot of work... You have to be able to... Andy Warhol, to be, like the Andy Warhol sort of uh, method. Uh, yeah. Of, um, 
it, yeah, you have to be able to work with other people, yep. trust them, yep. and then edit them and yeah. cut them out and <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like, not. What would be like a, the opposite of that? I think maybe someone like Stanley Kubrick or something that is like really kind of uh, meticulous about their own sort of like vision. tastes, yeah, and their vision. And you know, I like Stanley Kubrick, but I don't, I don't, I would never make anything like what he makes. If that makes sense, you know. It's yeah. Like, it's almost like if you tag on, or if you if you're gonna be part of a Stanley Kubrick uh, movie, then you're kind of like helping him with his like own very specific well. Yeah, you have vision. to you have to give up control. Yeah, in because uh, it whereas is, it's not as collaborative as um, yeah as other types of of, of uh, films. Yeah, I don't know if Stanley Kubrick is the the opposite of that. Um, I think of somebody who's more like, I mean. Or like Guillermo Arriaga, almost. Yeah, yeah. Or writers in that in the. Um, yeah, I mean Stanley Kubrick's probably a good example because he certainly writes, directs. Um, I don't necessarily think this is totally the case, but nah. I was gonna bring up Soderbergh, Steven Soderbergh, or even Robert Rodriguez, mm-hmm. because they write, direct, shoot, edit, mm-hmm. like The Nick, which is actually another show that I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, was. Although that he didn't write that, Soderbergh did not write the Nick, but he he shot, directed, and edited every single episode, hmm. and there's like two seasons already or something. Damn. Um, so there's people who definitely are like, you know, super masters or just want to control it all or yeah. they're like yeah. really good at it all. But um, I think ultimately, I mean, that's what's cool about. Um, the, well, what we're seeing in a lot of like um, like black media right now of um, music and film and uh, TV mm-hmm. is that I think inherently it's very collaborative in nature and there are um, like a lot more parts I think to take into account than uh, uh, I can't I mean I'm trying to think of like a rapper who who kind of fits this like every, all the best rappers I think are the ones who who are able to like uh, um, use that collaboration to their benefit or yeah. somehow? Yeah. Like. Um, yeah, but no, I think I think uh, talking about all, a lot of the shows you've mentioned being like African American mm-hmm. um, artists, like yeah. they are certainly um, there is somewhat of a renaissance right yeah, now, absolutely. Bo- both with film and TV. I mean, we have uh, Moonlight. Yep. With uh, Barry Jenkins um, blowing up right now, um, Nate Cooper, Parker, Birth- Nate Parker, yeah. Birth of a Nation, which kind of got fucking sidetracked by his bullshit, his rape allegations. Yeah. Um, not allegations. He actually was acquitted. Acquitted, right? and he was con- he was innocent of it. But yeah. that the whole thing got side railed. You know, which is fucking crazy. You know, right now Casey Affleck. He's getting mm-hmm. uh, praise for the movie Manchester by the Sea. Mm-hmm. He just won like best actor. I don't know what the fuck. Like everybody's like licking his butthole, <laughs> but he's in the middle of like these rape allegations really? too. Holy or, shit! Like, I haven't heard sexual of sexual harassment or something like that, <laughs> and nobody's saying a goddamn thing. Damn. Meanwhile, Nate Parker. Yep. Fucking twenty fifteen years ago went through a rape trial. Was innocent. Whatever. Yeah. There's a lot you can say about that. I'm not yeah. gonna dive into it, but right. His movie, like honestly, got steamrolled because of that. Yep. That's crazy, um, but yeah, but but, 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 but there's there's Barry Jenkins, there's there's Nate Parker, uh, Ryan Coogler, 
who did uh, Fruitvale Station, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah. a- Ava DuVernay, who did the uh, the Martin Luther King movie. Mm-hmm. And 13th. And 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Issa Rae, obviously. You've got Donald Glover Donald in Atlanta. Glover. What else? That's uh, Solange is getting a I mean, she's kind of tied into that, I think, Yeah, too, yeah, she's doing a lot of music and media and stuff. But in terms of film and TV, they're definitely music. There's been right that's been going. Yeah. But in terms of film and TV, there certainly seems to be a a surge, which is fucking awesome. And yep. I wonder, like, if something like that is ever somewhat possible within the Latino community. I, I, I it's gonna be much different, I think. Yeah. Uh, Why? Well, one of the things like I think is like interesting that like Cherie mentioned mm-hmm. is that like. American African Americans never forget like slavery, yeah, and that kind of ties them together in some way. Whereas, according to Sherry, like you know, a lot of Latinos start to really buy into the narrative of being an American, yeah, Um, the whole process of yeah and don't help assimilation, yeah, which is yeah really a much more longer discussion and it's very complicated. But yeah, you know, it, it. I mean. Even thinking about what just happened with uh, Fidel Castro just died, right? There's like the kind of oh, right. very yeah. famous like divide between yeah. Cubans who yeah. like and dislike Fidel Castro, and then but then it's kind of interesting to think about how a lot of Black people and Chicano people really yeah. kind of always uh, cite Fidel Castro as um, as an influence in anti-oppressive causes or whatever, and so. Um, I mean, just thinking of that specifically in terms of Cubans, like, a, a, there's a, a large section of Cuban Americans who are not, like, uh, essentially, like, they're not in solidarity Woke. with, with no, yeah, well, well, they're with here's, Mexican, here's, with undocumented, yeah. with, with no, here, here's what I think, like, and Mexican the, people are, no, no, and that's yeah, unfortunate, yeah. I think, but uh, no, I mean, should I, we dwell on it? What, what, no, what, what I think what it comes down to is, <clears throat> is that what ends up more tying people together isn't really race as much as it is, like, a shared experience and usually it's some sort of socio-economic shared experience because look there's mexican immigrants who come over here with papers who were like professionals or something yeah and they don't identify at all with definitely <laughs> yeah and it's more worse. <laughs> yeah it's like the it's like the immigrant experience really and being broke yeah and growing up struggling the thing that unifies people and most of the cubanos like maybe they came over here broke but they came over here as political um exiles, exiles. Mm-hmm which is a really different they were probably upper class in cuba initially mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the people that fled cuba in the late 50s and yep. the early 60s yep. were you know batista people who owned property yeah yeah and so they're fucking angry because they got fucking financially reamed because yep. they got their shit taken from them and they you know that's a very different experience than crossing the border in the back of a fucking car <laughs> or like crossing yeah. through the desert yeah so yeah i mean it, it's it, if anything yeah it's it's absolutely a very uh, diverse experience being a Latino. What if whatever that means? Yeah, whatever that means. And but so. but yeah, and and so I think like going back to the African American experience, typically, mm-hmm. so going back through history, their experience is shared. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's like trying to define that shared experience, but there is not an actual shared experience for all Latinos. Like, there's not right. like uh, Cubans, Mexicans, South Americans, Central Americans. You know, it's very um, fractured. Yeah, I mean, and, I, I, if, and, and yeah, and, and I don't know that there is. There's, I mean, I think we're basically saying that there is no shared experience for all Latinos, right? Right, that's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
I think I don't know. It's, it's just a matter of accepting those differences and then still like kind well, of supporting each other or like. Well, no, I I think going back to what Cherie said, the wise Cherie Moraga, um, you know, she her involvement in the movement, if you will, led to some disillusionment and some. Uh, not not apathy, but I think she was burnt out by it, and she realized that she had to find a family, a small community of people to do work with, yeah. right? And I think that's the best thing you can do. And like for example, Ava DuVernay, she started a firm. I forget what that stands for, but it's basically like African American filmmakers, like mm-hmm. some sort of group of African American filmmakers. It's kind yeah. of like a a group of people who help each other out. And, and it's a distribution company as well. So she had some success with her first project, Middle of Nowhere. Mm. And then she started basically distributing a few other films that other people made because she was successful, right? And, and, and also just using the connections she made to help a few other people out. And it wasn't like a huge thing, but it was very practical. Yeah. And... And I think that's kind of more the way you think about it. And you're just like, okay, how can I help a few people out that I think are dope, right? Who are looking to do cool stuff. Uh, and how do we help each other out or whatever? Yeah. Um, and also not think of it as like Latino. Just think of it as like, hey, I really like this guy's stuff. Yeah. And, and those, like I mean, when, when we've been talking about stuff, we never said Latino. It's just whatever we do. Yeah. Um, and there are definitely enough immigrants in this country to help each other out yeah. regardless of whether yeah. we're from right yeah that, but that's a little like harder to or no it's it's funny because that's easier to define but it's yeah i think like, that's easier like, to define i mean yeah. you find like vietnamese dude yeah or you know filipino mm-hmm. who's first generation and they're gonna have a and who grew up like in the hood or whatever mm-hmm. they're gonna have a lot more in common yeah with a yeah. mexican like yeah that than somebody who's yeah you know fresa or whatever yeah. yep. um so i think it's kind of approaching it from that perspective more of the puck perspective yeah if anything you know I, I, one thing that i would like to see us do more is i think we've been talking about this already um is just how the the discourse and how it, it it's as i don't think maybe you, you don't see this side maybe of and and of like the younger generation of there's obviously like a lot of um <clears throat> I think that there's like a lot of people who are, are very like passionate and um, um, well-intentioned, but again, this idea of like this sensational, sensationalizing shit on the internet yeah. uh, and this community, I think it happens everywhere. And to see it happening in this community is like, I just don't think it's it's um, beneficial in any way, and not even constructive for that matter. And yeah. that's what like scares me is that. There's not enough uh, resources that I think for younger people that. Um... It seems to me like the stuff you've talked about, and and I think what Sammy's talking about is like people who are on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or fucking um, uh, Tumblr. Yeah. And he used those avenues to talk about social justice or whatever you want to call that in ways that don't seem constructive, that seem a lot more antagonistic yeah. towards white people yes um and i i don't get a lot into that because i just don't follow this stuff yeah i don't care to it's it does seem kind of productive um but there is a case to be made like you said for trying to communicate to those segments so that maybe they're not wasting their time as much or, yeah uh, i don't know 
I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like the best thing you can do and going back to like uh, the teachings of our parents or the teachings of Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> which is basically like lead by example or, you know, do unto others as you want done unto you. Like that's a fucking really cheesy statement. And I'm not really I don't really consider myself Christian, but I do believe in that that sentiment and that phrase and like i feel like if you do good work and you treat people well like and you just kind yeah. of build that into your mo then that effectively kind of gets projected out there for sure yeah i think that's... i don't think and i'm oh, let me just say this real quick i don't think we've always been the best example of that yeah so let me just say that absolutely yeah um, um i think that's something i'm personally trying to work on um Cause it's tough. I think like what happens, what happens I think is that you get jaded and you get, uh, you, you don't trust people. Yeah. And so you are always on the attack. And that was like in that show, the night of going back to that, like that kid, uh, uh, Nas Nasir mm-hmm. was the character's name. Like a lot of his, his anger and a lot of the decisions he made were really poor, but a lot of that was driven by the fact that he was an outcast in many ways because he was a Muslim in New York yep. after 9-11. And so he was always treated a certain way. Yep. So you react a certain way. Yep. And so all of this stuff, I think, makes sense. The reactions, the anger and shit makes sense, but you do have to learn to kind of get past it in some way. And put that energy into doing the work. Yep. Because it, it just it doesn't go anywhere. Um, I think the flip side of that that you have to be aware of is that you can't forget that stuff. And that's where it's challenging. Is that you can't forget that you were maybe mistreated or that you were overlooked or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you also can't use that as like something to lob into like mistreat other people so i think that's the challenge is that people have a chip on their shoulder you know they feel like they're owed something which maybe they are but then they project that negativity yeah and they don't do good work and they use that you become like a victim of your own like anger um which is not good yeah like this cherry on top of that is the um, the platform now that that it's really easy to get visibility yeah. if you make a lot of noise. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the <clears throat> scary thing about that is the the more antagonistic, the more negative. You know, it's funny. Like, yeah, yeah. The the bigger you can get. The, the other pages, like some of the like the pages uh, in the Chicano online world or whatever. Yeah. Like I was thinking the other day, like they were, sometimes they remind me of like the fucking like Breitbart, Breitbart and yeah, and shit like that. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, it is the and that's and Breitbart sees that uh-huh. and says it's okay for me to do this because they're doing that. Yeah, yeah, it's totally true. That's a really good point. Like Tommy Lo- or whatever. Uh, yeah, Tommy yeah, Loran, like Loran. whatever the fucking this bitch. Yeah, is and it's it. funny, and, that, and that's a really good, uh, I think, almost unfortunate comparison because she's also really young. She's like twenty four. Yeah, you know? yeah. So she is, yeah. you know going through I said maybe you know just to find a uh, uh, point of comparison Com- way. commonality yeah, yeah yeah she's like in her 20s you know coming into herself and she has all this fucking passion she's raised she's like a I guess typically like attractive blonde woman or whatever yeah and she is totally taking advantage of all that shit and and 
just saying some really kind of crazy shit. Like it's it's and and again, I think I always have to go back to the sort of like internet age and how people like use that platform to really kind of catapult themselves. And she's like a very mm-hmm. extreme version of of essentially knowing the resources and really kind of like shooting yourself off into like real like in in my in my point of view like very kind of scary and um like negative uh influence influences yeah, yeah she's got influence and she's got power exactly but yeah, but but you're totally but she right. doesn't even know i think that oh, she, knows, <laughs> she knows what she's saying she well knows. no i think it's like much more like vain in her in her mind it's like a much more vanity of like uh, the same shit that know. we I, all feel of, of like of like wanting like you know you're like the likes and shit that you get on Facebook is like exaggerated for her, and I think that um, she's just self serving. I think and and she is, but in her own way, she thinks she's justified in that. And again, going back to like, look, if you're some white chick, I don't know where she's from. I think she's out of Dallas now, but I don't know if she's from there originally, but. And and all you see, and you see the outrage of the people that, like the Black Lives Matter and whatever, and you're mm. like, what do you people have to complain about? You know, whatever. Like, I'm not that evil. I'm I'm normal. I don't do anything to black people. Okay, then it's okay for me to also have white pride, and blah 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 blah. Right. And that's the, that's the challenge is that to find that balance between what's like a reasonable. Um, protest or a reasonable airing of you know what you think is wrong yeah with what you think is or with what is going to be more hurtful right like because tommy loran basically she's been making the rounds right now and she was on trevor noah daily show two days ago that's why we're talking about her yeah um she basically shits on black lives matter yeah she's like they're fucking rioting and blah blah and like you know trevor was like People riot after the Lakers game, and it's true. <laughs> <laughs> like, I yeah. thought I, I only watched the first like uh, ten minutes of it so far. I'm gonna finish it. But. I actually watched the whole thing in my car as I was driving, <laughs> which is really fucked up. But I put my phone up there I on my. Uh, I mean, I didn't. Are people criticizing him for going too easy on her? I, I don't no, know. I haven't read any criticism. Actually, like. That's probably the best I've seen of Trevor Noah. He's fucking funny. I thought those even like the very first thing. The very first interaction was, uh, like, it starts, and then she's like, oh, I'm in the lion's den. And he's, he's like... because I'm from Africa? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, is that an African thing? But he's, like, really kind of smooth about it. He's yeah. like, no, and then he kind of keeps going. But yeah. I thought that was, like, really good. Well, but. what's interesting about Trevor and, like, his position now is that he's he's not an African-American. He's yeah. a fucking African. Yeah, who went through, who literally was part of like apartheid apartheid like, abolition of apartheid yeah. as a child as a young child i'm guessing because yeah. he's not that old but, right right um but the, and that but, but that was one of my beefs with him initially was mm-hmm. that how are you gonna have this african uh-huh. on an american show like we need to have a black dude mm-hmm. by black i mean african-american right um <laughs> but you need to have somebody who has a shared experience with yeah. because going back to it like it is a shared experience but this was the best i've seen him and I'm not saying it was great because I wasn't a really a big fan of Trevor Noah, but I think he held his own. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, if anything, it's like a, a maybe just like a practice round for other 
more legitimate pundits <laughs> if that makes sense like you know yeah because, you know yeah. because i saw this yeah. thing they were like oh like this was like when john stewart uh, interviewed Bill O'Reilly, but mm-hmm. it's kind of not true because <laughs> she's, she's, <laughs> like, she's just like a, you know, like she's like a fucking high level troll. Yes, exactly. She's, and the, her, her and the other dumbass uh, Milo, whatever. Yana Kalaka, yeah. yeah. They are, um, yeah, they're very incendiary. They know yeah, what they're doing. Yeah. 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 And it's it's almost like a, a regurgitation of, of what I think the previous generation has done too and people like uh and like newt gingrich you know they they got their start by doing the exact same shit that they yes these guys are repackaging it for millennials yes yeah Yeah. and that's scary and that's what's ultimately i think scary because i i don't think people take into account the the influence and visibility because newt gingrich in the 70s he was trying to make his way onto the uh, TV, like on C-SPAN or whatever. Huh. And now Tommy Lauren has the internet and Twitter to her disposal. And it's just like a lot more yeah. influence. So that's well, what's scary. But ultimately, I don't know. Uh, um, what's interesting is that um, I think for a long time, a lot of our fallback argument for this sort of sentiment was that, oh, these are old people and they're going to die. Yeah. But there's young people who are like, <laughs> hell yes, I'm yeah. down with this. Yeah. And, and whether that comes from whether they truly believe it, yeah. which is, I do believe that, or whether they're using it for, you know, financial and celebrity gains, it's some combination of. I think probably Tom, a combination Tommy of. Tommy and Milo are both. They, I don't know if they truly believe all this shit, but they yeah. want to be heard. They want yeah. the attention. They're yeah. extremely vain sort of figureheads, if yeah. you will. Um, but it but but you're right the scary thing is that these are younger people who have been like riling up other young people yeah and or maybe it'd be interesting to see like the i actual, think they are dude like other younger people as opposed to just kind of um um they're not giving pre- like giving a, a, a sort of normal or um, not normalcy but um that they're just kind of like patting the the older people in a way no or that no no, I know, I know, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say who this is, but, I mean, Jesus, look at the fucking rally that that Richard fucking Spencer had yeah. with young people. Yeah. Those were not old, old white guys. Those were like 30-year-old angry white males. Yeah. And there are... Which, ang- uh, which I don't know. I, I don't think it's strong enough of a movement, hopefully, or, or that it's... Um, it's strong because they here's why here's why it's strong because they can get away with a lot yep and they're seemingly uh trying to actually get on to uh, they're getting into the government yeah yeah, yeah they're that's getting the, into the government that's now what yeah yeah um matters at the end of the day <laughs> yeah 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 because they are impacting policy yep. with the biggest internet troll of them all yep. donald trump <laughs> um why don't we cut it there and switch to something yeah, so anyway, there's, uh, what's the last thing? <laughs> All that to say, uh, we're all trying to figure it out, I guess. <laughs> I, here's where I would bring it back, is that, like, we're doing El Mundo, we're doing the podcast, which I think is a really good uh, spectrum of um, socially aware kind of entertainment sort of shit, but... There's a third leg of what we want to work on, and that's like sketches or some sort of web series. And we're kind of in the background trying to figure that out. And 
Um, I'm trying to figure out whether to put energy into actually doing phys- like sketches that we shoot, like this and that, or just being like, let's just keep doing Mundo and the podcast. And then the time that we might use doing sketches, let's just start writing. Let's start writing like a pilot. Yeah. Like our own Atlanta or our own Insecure sure. or whatever yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So I'm curious to hear what people think and whether like, you know, they want to see the next Masa, not the next season of Masa. Yeah. But, but do, yeah. do you guys want to see another show? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the answer is definitely yes, of course. It's just like... Your, but, um, what that is? Yeah. I, I would assume that people would want to see that or people in this community or whatever. It's just like what's uh, frustrating and almost confusing is like what how you go about doing it or what's what's allowed and what's... Well, not. I what mean, everything like, is allowed. Right, Clearly, allowed. now, now everything is allowed. Yeah, now the yeah, drums exactly. weird. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but in, within our own uh, community of like this, um, I don't even think it's. It's thing. like a. <laughs> I think it's more like what's what's viable with the time, and sort of money we have. Right. Right. We have sure, to do stuff. Sure. Like, what can we do? Right. Yeah. And what? And it's not even. Honestly, even asking people what they want to see is probably not the right sort of thing to do. We should just do whatever the fuck we want. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am curious to hear kind of what people do want to see. And, you know, uh, you know, if you are a follower of most of the, the Smadra stuff, like, please leave a comments. Like, you know, do you want to see more Moss and the Power stuff? Or have you checked out Marco? Um, I, one thing, if you're curious about my short film stuff, because that's relatively different but similar in many ways to the stuff we do um i was thinking recently i haven't even told you this but i think it might be a good idea to release some of those short films to patreon followers Hmm. so i've done available anywhere right no none of my short films are available publicly online uh i'm not sure why but i've never made them public but i have three short films which uh, you're allowed to do, right? Technically. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, I own them all. And yeah. so The Grass Grows Green, which played at Sundance, which is about to hit its 10th anniversary. This <laughs> is fucking crazy. Um, and then I did another short called The China Project, and then I did 20 bucks. And so I was thinking of making those available to Patreon supporters. Um, probably will, just as a bonus adder or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, yeah. Um, if you're not a patreon supporter please chip in or something but uh we'll probably make that available next year but yeah i guess the main thing is like you know what sort of stuff are people looking for do you mm. want to see like a latino and not just from us yeah uh, but what do people want to see do they want to see that latino or mexican-american atlanta do they want to see yeah <laughs> just more, more george lopez shows yeah i think when we when we talked to the salinas guys you know they asked about a movie or a, or yeah. a show what what would we do ideally i think a show would be amazing yeah um but a film would be amazing too i don't really care i think somewhere in thinking of something bigger in that yeah. realm is probably where we're, we're going to end up and maybe devoting some energy to or even just like as simple as um of uh it's not necessarily the sh- the structure of things that makes things unique or whatever. It's just it's it's a matter of the the people doing them, right? So like it, sure. it's 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 not sure. that it's like a 
it's, it's just the, the lack of the sitcom the lack of like that i think is is not it's just not present right now or it is present but it's it's not um the lopez show yeah it was it's not as like well formed you know so i think it's um it's a matter of the funding right or like finding the proper like uh, resources to actually do it yeah it's funding and distribution i think the main is like trying to get as many eyeballs in it on it as possible and really get to get out there to people right um this is the most nonsensical fucking podcast we've done <laughs> this may be the last six pack podcast <laughs> we ever do yeah um Look at him, he's like rubbing his eyeballs. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, we're going to keep working on stuff here. I think it's a matter of figuring out where to put our energies. Uh, But it's nice that we have a home base. I think that's a great thing, is that we do have people who are coming in every week to watch and listen to our shit. Yeah. Um. It's just a matter of what we do with it at this point. And um, curious to hear what you guys want to see more of, what you think is lacking out there. And uh, yeah, please leave a comment. And a review. <laughs> a nice <laughs> review, a modest. Hey, we've been, to the people who've left reviews, I think we, it, this is not a lot, but we have like 10 five star reviews and uh-huh. a couple of uh, little text reviews on, on iTunes, which mm-hmm. is great. So please uh, continue to do that, folks. That makes a big difference. The podcast is growing. We want to keep it growing. And um, next week, we've got an amazing guest for you. I'm not sure who that is <laughs> quite yet, but. I guarantee he or she is amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we're a few weeks away from holiday break here. Um, good riddance. Good riddance. To all of you. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to work out later today. Man. I just had just three take a beers. Nap. Just take a nap. And then I'll take a nap and like drink like a gallon of water. <laughs> I'm going to get home and they're like, what? I thought you were going to go work. You just went and drank three <laughs> beers. What the fuck's wrong with you? You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Sorry we got drunk. Uh, we'll try not to get as drunk we'll next time. We'll edit this somehow. Into, uh, no, uh, we're not. <laughs> we're not going to edit this. Um, but please tune in next week. And please tell your friends about our podcast. If you enjoy this, leave a review on iTunes, five-star review and a couple of words. And check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash desmadre. Put it right here, the link right here. Put it right there. (laughs) Three beers.